You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Geek Card Check. Every week, we pull on the threads of pop culture and see whether or not whatever we're discussing passes the Geek Card Check. My name is Tyler. And I'm Kate. And this week, we have a lot of fun for you guys. We have four trailers from New York Comic Con and our first short track. I am so excited. This actually, for us, we, we almost... Like just you know, inside baseball here, we almost dropped the ball real hard on this one because we completely just I, I we I think we were looking so closely ahead at the Expanse coming out and Picard eventually. I actually maybe I just am speaking for everybody, but at the very least, me I forgot that short treks were coming out, and so I'm super excited for us to be talking about a whole slew of them over the next couple of months. Yes, so. Um... The first one we're going to mention is Lost in Space, which I haven't watched the first season yet, so Tyler's going to do me a solid and not spoil anything, but what do you have to say about the season two trailer? Well, I mean, other than everybody died at the end of season one, and we're kind of (gasps) dealing with that and probably a whole new cast... Yeah. Uh, actually, what you guys should do is, is go back and listen to our episode on uh, on season one. Were you were you not on the on the show yet, Kate, or have you just not had a chance to watch it? That might have been not long before I started. So must have been yeah. right before. Um, okay, so yeah, because I know Chris and I uh, talked about Lost in Space. It's fantastic. It's a great show. It's not too heavy. It's beautiful. Um, so and and we've been waiting for. I think it's been two years now. Uh, waiting for Lost in Space. Um, season two to come out. So we just got a trailer for that. It is, it looks like the Robinsons are on a mission to find the robot and there mm. are just, there's more breathtaking views, more beautiful shots, um, really excellent looking effects. I'm super excited for it. So it's an eye candy show. It, oh, it really is honestly. And, and, and the acting is really good. The writing is pretty stellar. Like it's not expanse, dark, <laughs> stellar, or deep. stellar. Yeah. Okay, I see what, it, see what I did there. Uh, it's not as deep or as dark as The Expanse, but it is, it's just good sci-fi. It really is. Mm. Well, speaking of The Expanse, this is what I was excited for. Oh, man. And we have a new trailer that if you're not somebody who avoids trailers, you have to go see. We don't have that many new um, images included in it, but it yeah. is a really epic piece of trailer making. It is beautiful and powerful and impactful. Yeah. Tell them why, Tyler. It uh, well for me the most impactful part of this was uh, we had this big uh, this big overview or not uh, a voiceover this big voiceover of John F Kennedy's it was it his moon speech I actually it didn't go back and look it up moon speech from Rice yeah. University yes yes and it is uh, which is really sad that I didn't recognize it I teach that speech and I was like <laughs> I, I but I teach a bunch of JFKs and so they were they were kind of merging in my head but it that. The whole point of season four, and again, we don't want to spoil it for you, but you guys should. You should watch one through three. They're all on Prime now, and then go back and listen to our episodes and our interview with Daniel Abraham, one of the writers of the books and producers of the show. Yep. And he's a writer of the show, I guess, too. Um, we it, it so thematically ties into what they're doing right now, which is finally we're breaking – again, I don't want to go too far, but we're, we're exploring space a, a, a bit more than they were and in a different way than they were before. Mm-hmm. But – this season is it looks very much like my favorite of the of the book series Cibola Burn, which I, I really can't wait. 
Yeah, it is perfectly cut, and it makes it seem like JFK's speech was written for this show, which is, Mm -hmm. it's just incredible. What I almost kind of wished, like, is if if instead of having JFK, they could have have, had Avasarala reading it over, (laughs) like, as though she was giving a speech on them doing this, but that's, I know that wouldn't have worked, and it's just... There probably would have had to have been an F-bomb in the middle of that, too, and that would have, you know, broken things up a bit. (laughs) I, I just want... Uh, Sharon Agdashlu to do anything that I possibly can. So she is amazing. uh, That she possibly can because she's amazing. So for those of you who want spoilers or have read the book, so it doesn't matter and you know where it's going, the Nerdist has coverage. uh, Yeah actually that you can read of the premiere episode so you can go to their website and read through what they saw at uh, uh new york comic-con and i didn't read all of it i started reading went oh wait nope i want to enjoy yep, this i did the same thing watch but for those of you who really don't care and just want to know that is out there so yep. uh, you can look that up and we have a date of a, a definitive release date for that series what is it it is december 13th yes Yes. Can't wait. So uh, I, the next few months are getting real exciting with a bunch of different releases. I can't wait. Basically, we're all going to quit our day jobs and binge on yeah. Geek TV because why not? It's, yeah, that's my plan. Totally. Um, so next on our list is Picard. Yes. Uh, we got a new Picard uh, season one trailer. I... Okay, so I, I do try to live the trailer-free life. It's a nice life. It's a stress-free life overall. But, you know, I sacrifice for you know, my lifestyle for, for this podcast. Yep. Because, um, honestly, my philosophy usually is if I'm going to see it already, that if I've decided I'm going to see it, then I don't need to see any more uh, to hype me up for it. But this, I, I just, I can't, I can't help it. I, it's, it's new Picard, and I can't, I need to see anything mm-hmm. that I possibly can. What were your big takeaways again we don't need to do a whole breakdown but what's what are your takeaways from this trailer so they are really emphasizing in this picard is now an outsider from the federation it's gone forward in some direction without him he no longer fits they're emphasizing and maybe doesn't agree with the direction that starfleet has headed yep they emphasize his age we see him with a cane we have Mm -hmm. the young ensign who's like oh it's good to see you up and about and you're like yeah um and so after he has to identify himself and spell spell his his name name, yes oh Oh, you bite your tongue ensign but the moment that got me the most in this trailer because some of it was just more of you know what we'd already seen in the first we had already seen a lot of yeah. But when Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis are on screen, when we get to see yeah. them, that that was my moment of, oh, yes, I can't wait for this. I'm so I'm so happy. And in fact, it weirdly reminded me one. I love that he was cooking in it. It's, yes. it's one of those little tiny Riker things mm-hmm. that he mentions. He cooks a couple times on the next generation. He makes really bad eggs. We know. Um, but, you know, we're going to blame that on the eggs, not on, not on his cooking. He even cooks uh, in the, the episode of Enterprise that we don't actually acknowledge as existing. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Which episode are you talking about there? The is finale that, uh, that doesn't yeah, actually exist. No, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I mean, he was a chef uh, in this imaginary thing that happened. Oh, okay, gotcha. I see what you mean. Um, in in Star Trek Gener, it reminded me of of Star Trek Generations for some reason, where where Picard is walking into a cabin and mm-hmm. this person that we want to see turn, you know, is cooking and turns around, and you know, it's it's the I uh, th- not the Generations is my favorite thing in the world, but it seemed like a, a, an homage, mm-hmm. but maybe it's just me making connections. Yeah, yeah. So that was the the moment. We did see maybe Data, maybe before. We don't know which, in a dream sequence at the beginning. Yeah. 
I will say that's almost for sure data just because it, that that looks like a dream sequence to me. They're dressed in the the next generation uniforms. Right. Uh, Although I couldn't stop looking at Data's hairline. It looked really artificial. And I know that's looked, a hilarious thing to say about an artificial being, but it did not look yeah. right. No, it, it, that even I thought that's like uh, that's like Henry Cavill's like D uh, like his removed mustache from <laughs> Justice League because he had he like for reshoots for Justice League he had to keep his mustache on uh, from uh, Mission Impossible Fallout and so they so he went back to shoot Superman and they digitally removed his mustache which made his look his lip look just funky and awful Ugh. and and it reminded me like oh they're they're going full on like de aging and and stuff with data and it's it's messing up his hairline real bad. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. We'll we'll go down that rabbit hole whenever we actually yeah. watch it. But that was just a slightly awkward. It moment. stuck out to me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, the date we have is what January twenty third is is the I premiere so. date. Yeah, yeah. January twenty third. So, so we've basically, you know, got just a little over a month between Expanse Season 4 and then we're getting right into Picard. I'm so pumped for that. I can't wait. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next, we have the Season 3 trailer for Star Trek Discovery, the whole and, and 930 actually, years in the future. Yeah, it, it was it was more substantial than I expected. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really expecting a, a like a Season 3 trailer teaser and, and i guess it is kind of a teaser it doesn't show as much as like picard does but it still shows a good a good amount of stuff happening and and i really so well will you we what did we see in the trailer and then i've got a i've got an interesting connection between the picard and discovery one that i want to i want us okay. to talk about so what did you see in i noticed this trailer? that we had uh, andorians and trill um, mm-hmm. in it uh, in this I saw feature the same thing. i saw that there were six flags on the federation flag which I think that's I think that's normal. I think that's original, but I could be wrong. I thought there was something you, about the flag that looked different. Maybe I'm not. It looks more. Correctly. Well, there's there's a hold on. I'm gonna look it up. Um, yeah, maybe I'm emphasizing that wrong, but well, I, I, that's it's definitely I, a redesigned looking flag. But it kind of to me just looks more minimal. Um, maybe I was focusing on that because it, I, I knew it was something different. I thought maybe that was it, but something about the flag just caught my attention. And of course, they put a lot of emphasis like. It was what, at least two different scenes where they put a lot of attention on it. So and where it's been like un- unveiled or something like that. Right. Um, oh, you know, you are totally. You are right. There's. Um, you are. You are right. There's. It, it's more minimal than before. There are three emphasized ones in the other one. Uh, in the in the original United Federation. In the original, flag. there's three big ones, but there's a bunch of smaller ones with around a star it. field. Yeah. Right. And this well, and, one and doesn't the have that three, star field around it. Right. And and I'm wondering because it's there's you know I thought man maybe I'm just remembering this wrong because there's a there's supposed to be the founding members of the Federation which would be Earth Vulcan, Vulcan and Andoria and Tellar so there should be there should be four but maybe there's a few I'm just forgetting about so okay that's fine well we shall I'll put see. my nerd hat away on that one <laughs> hey Trekpedia Tyler how many how many stars are there on the yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah um and then I just wanted to make a comment that I'd watched an interview with some of the cast members and they confirmed that we are not starting out in Terralysium, um in this new season. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of wanted it a little bit, but it, it seemed as though they were setting that up, at mm-hmm. least with previous episodes. Okay. Right. So what did you see? Uh, so what I what I loved about it first, um, uh, Sonequa Martin-Green's just absolutely amazing hair in yes. this like she 
it's just like super long and crazy because it it says like I think in the first line of the trailer pretty much I've been I've been spending a year looking for the first domino that fell essentially she's she's looking for the ca- first cause in a chain of events right because it was and, like a cool way to get the passage of time just by how she looks yeah so we're actually nine hundred thirty one years it sounds like you know but uh, but that's fine uh, ish. and <laughs> ish <laughs> who's counting uh, but what the interesting thing that I noticed um, at least. That we have a we have a thematic connection between Picard and Discovery season three. Mm-hmm. Whether or not I, I doubt we're gonna have plot connections. I really would highly doubt that. You know, Picard's only so she's she's eight hundred and seventy years ahead of Picard or whatever it is. So we're we're still it's too far away, I think, unless we have more time travel for there to be a, a really distinct actual plot connection. Mm-hmm. But thematically, they're both talking about Starfleet. Um, having either gone away or gone awry or faded from their original purpose. And, you know, it seems as though she is meeting, you know, the, I don't know, the, the Federation president or somebody who's kind of like holding on to the legacy of Starfleet, mm-hmm. um, which makes me think in, in the future, way in the future, they go to Earth and they, you know, they, they go to, you know, what used to be the, the Federation headquarters in Paris or something. And there's somebody there who unveils, you know the the Federation flag to her. Maybe that maybe the Federation is underground now. You know maybe it's not a a full um, you know out there um, organization any longer, or it's been beaten. It's been so beaten down with the passage of time, and who knows what else happens that she's got to kind of be its new flag bearer. And it seems like Picard is doing something very similar in that he's you know he's there's one scene that was extended um, from what we saw in a previous tre- uh, teaser in this trailer where he is essentially berating an admiral saying that mm-hmm. you you're not doing what we what starfleet's supposed to do and she says yeah you're not with us anymore get out of here and it, so solves, it seems there's a thematic connection. it solves a story problem potentially because the ideals that the federation stand for are an important part of of star trek canon and history but it also puts a lot of limits on storytelling and options there and so by letting us step outside that in the future in the case of discovery or whatever thing that Picard is going to explore, there's clearly some division there. It actually gives more storytelling room and um, um, perhaps sets it up so that they can fight for the ideals again, which is a very powerful right. kind of, you know, we all love those stories of, you know, right. getting back to what matters. And- well, it's it's very Discovery, too. You yeah. know, it's very, like, it's Discovery Season 1. Everybody's all up in arms. I was still talking to somebody on, on Twitter, via Twitter, uh, uh, the other day, this you know person was just talking about how uh, Discovery has no connection, no relation to anything Star Trek. It's it's a show masquerading as Star Trek, and I was like, well, clearly you didn't see season two, which is all about mm-hmm. uh, coming back and being Starfleet again. And so that that person had clearly stopped watching in season one when we just and, and I had those same gripes in season one, where where you know Lorca is not a Starfleet captain. He's terrible. He's pitting his crew against one another, and and so it was all about. We've lost our way. Season two was we found our way, mm-hmm. and season three is we are torchbearers for Starfleet ideals. Is, is right. kind of the way I'm I'm hoping it goes. This all begs a question though of if we're going to play this game about the future, if Discovery at any point or some of its crew get back to its original timeline, right? Um, 
how does that impact what they do or feel they can do like like that that sets up a story box that they're going to have right. to figure out what to do with well and i think they won't i i, I would suspect there's going to be a, sh- a bit of time where they might or some people might be saying let's get back but they kind of said we can't like no information about the discovery can ever return you know else control which just because ugh. information can't come back doesn't mean that you don't go back and know this awful thing is happening in the future you know terminator sure. style and you quietly oh, try to you know adjust history or fight certain movements but on the other hand they could leave the entire crew except for uh michelle yo she's you know she can Giorgio yeah. will have to go back because of section 31 unless we're having a future section 31 story you never know maybe she's gonna reboot it you know she brings back section 31 just as michael is bringing back the federation or something like that which would be i don't like that but that's fine yeah let's hope it doesn't go there but there are possibilities that just reminds me, you noticed something about Section 31. It was on it was online the other day, and, and you, you yeah. tweeted it out. Will you talk about that a little bit? So um, Michelle Yeoh's uh, official Instagram page showed her in the seat, uh, in a seat on a set. And in, apparently in uh, the greater Toronto area, there is a new CBS um, studio um, that has yeah. been built. And is it was announced, I want to say, like a year ago. And it's apparently either done that or they almost, were building it. Right. And yeah. now it's either done or almost done. And she was talking about looking forward to shooting section 31 there. And so it made me hypothesize that some of the schedule for when section 31 was going to be shot was driven by the fact that it needed that space to be yeah. ready before they could do that. Because it's, from what she said, clearly that's where they're going to be shooting. <sighs> so um, that was the first non-official or first news about section 31 that made me think, all right, this in is the while. last piece of before they can start yeah. shooting for it. Cause the last I had heard was that, that basically the moment that season three wrapped, they were going to start with section 31. So yeah. yeah. Which I don't know if, have you seen where they're like, are they wrapped filming or are they, and they're just doing um, post-production on season three or, or do you have any idea? I don't know, uh, don't know where that's at at this point, but getting, getting a trailer this early, a full trailer this early, I was expecting it to come with like the Picard premiere, mm-hmm. um, or something like it, or maybe right after Picard, we would start seeing discovery news. I'm kind of surprised. I wonder if we're going to get maybe not a direct one, two punch, like right after Picard ends, this will go, but yeah. you know, we've got like 95 other Star Trek series all coming out. So Seriously. It, we're going to pretty quickly get that that kind of cyclical thing well okay Picard's done even though Picard I think is only going to be a couple of seasons they've said but mm-hmm. Picard's going to be done um or is it one season I actually can't remember did they did they say that well I mean I it's just the one obviously confirmed I don't know if, if they're waiting like they're trying to time the announcing with season two or if it Maybe. depends on what happens at the end of season one before they can say anything about it true and I, I felt like they had said something like it's a 10 chapter story but maybe they were referring to the season not the series but anyway we will find um, out yeah. So, Tyler, do you want to talk about our first new Star Trek content? Oh, in I'm so Ohio? excited. I, yeah. This was such a nice surprise. Like, I really just genuinely was not, I was not thinking about it. I was thinking, you know, just looking ahead to Picard. Well, the new short trek is called Q&A. And so whenever I saw that there was a new oh. short trek, I'm like, no, everyone's confusing. It's just a Q&A session about That's the what, new season. And yes. I realized it was an actual episode title. Uh-huh. Yep, I thought the same thing. Well, and so the other thing that I thought was, uh, we're going to get Q in this one. And I was so not excited about getting a Q episode, despite the fact it would be delightful to see John Delancey. But like, yeah, yeah John, I we're, had... we're still your fans, even though Tyler is saying <laughs> awful things about you. 
It's I love John Delancey. He's fantastic. <laughs> uh, John, come on the show. It'd be great. Um, but I just didn't want a Q episode. It's, you know, that was not my first. I, I wanted to be. Go ahead. I, no. no. <laughs> uh, so this uh, this short treks was called, like you said, Q&A. It was written by Michael Chabon, who is the showrunner for uh, for Picard. Uh, he's a Pulitzer Prize winning author and is yes. just amazing. And this episode is um, bookended with him as well because there's an in memoriam at the very end of the episode yes. for a Dr. Robert Chabon, which some cursory Googling suggests that that's his father. So, right. Yeah. Did he just pass away or anything or is it just an in memoriam that you know he's written it? Did you, did there you see dates, anything with that? So there weren't dates. I don't okay. know. I, I didn't didn't quite i didn't look up the obituary i didn't go that far <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh it was directed by mark pellington who is a a music video director which would which would make sense this is a, a short it's you know 14 minutes long so he's used to working in that speaking medium speaking of music apparently the alternate universe movies music person did the music for this oh oh yeah oh this um Michael wait, who actually i always forget his giacchino yeah i think so he did do the music. Okay, that's interesting. I didn't look enough, but I but what I wrote down in my notes was, this. Wait a minute. There's two. There's 2009 Star Trek themes going on here. That's interesting, I Jeff. Think I saw that on maybe Memory Alpha where that connection was made. I just yeah, I definitely. Well, we'll look. Uh, I'll look in a second and see. But I, I wrote the scores had some flavors of Giacchino's Star Trek 2009 score because well, it really. Why? That's fantastic. Oh, that makes me really excited that Giacchino's back. That they didn't just uh, toss him out. He's one of my favorite composers Mm -hmm. um okay well so so brief synopsis of this (laughs) it's so brief it's like you know a sentence i was you know i was gonna read i was gonna read the thing but it basically is uh spock gets on board the enterprise and gets stuck in the the turbo lift with number one yeah that's 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 it that is the first episode and you'd think okay well what's what are they possibly going to do with that but they managed to actually eke out a fair bit in a turbo lift failure. It was a good little intimate character study. Um, they didn't uh, they didn't go overboard with, you know, deep personal revelations. Spock and number one didn't cry in the turbo lift together. Um, they did in the version I, I watched. No, sorry. They did, yeah. I was like, wait a minute, did I see something wrong? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, I like, I like that we're, I'm just back with these people who we probably will not see again in Star Trek unless they give us a Pike series. Right. Um, and it, it was just really, it was really exciting to see the two of them back well, together. I think the short treks are their way of giving the fans what they want, which is we get Enterprise yeah. stories without them having to commit to an entire show on it. And it's probably easier to get the actors in to do this <laughs> than it actually would be for them to commit to a full show because they're busy actors. Right. Exactly. They can just do, you know, they can do a week long shoot or three day shoot or whatever it takes to, to do this and then and then be done. Right. Um, Another thing I noticed about this episode is they kept on setting up Spock and number one as this kind of parallel, you know, both being super logical this moment. And they both say fascinating at the same time yeah. and look at each other. They did a lot of that mirroring of stuff. I mean, not exact, but it was. No, they did. I, and I, I, I noted, too, they, they've got great chemistry between one another. I love. I love the awkward silence that they have, yeah. you know, every once in a while, kind of looking sidelong Their at each other. The jargon of the episode that they were totally hung up on was quantum stochastics. And I'm like, how many times are you going to repeat this without it actually? Okay, fine. Which did you actually, did you look it up? What is it? Stochastics are um, randomly determined things like chance and probability. Okay. And so oh. as applied to weapons systems, I'm assuming that this is a way of making weapon systems more effective by not making them quite sure. so 
pattern obvious, making them more random is so that people my, can't predict them. And right, that's and, my guess. Yeah. Um, because again, it's they used real words as BS jargon in worlds. So which know. I love that when Star Trek does sometimes do that. You know, sometimes it's very techno babbly and doesn't have anything reverse the polarity okay yeah 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 uh but but i love when they when they actually do that i i love you know i love that she opens the door and says like basically well first okay when they when he first beams in there we see shouty spock which is so from the cage it's so an early early original series we get shouty spock a lot um and he looks so young they made ethan peck look so yeah, and we got some of that super like close-ups on him and the uniform and yeah. such. Like you could not miss any of like they made their points very clearly. Oh yeah, and sometimes literally the points of his ears they made. Yes, you know they we, the we had that one shot of the light yeah. backlit. Yeah, it was. I was like, all right, guys, all right, all right we're proud of the makeup. You yeah. are ogling the makeup job here. We got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good. Uh, I liked. Let's talk a bit more about about uh, just their conversation and what the way that it kind of flows because I think we get some we get some really good information um, between the two of them and again like I said I think it's a good character study. Mm-hmm. Um, Spock, uh, you know she he he doesn't ask any questions. He's very quiet at first until she says, "I expect you to be like basically make yourself annoying with questions." Yes, which I sort of love like that is Spock later on. Mm-hmm. You know, so when we first see him. Like, is this the catalyst for Spock being an inquisitive pest, you know? Well, this isn't the only thing. We'll, we'll get to it for later in the episode um, about um, the way she tells him about being freaky. But, like, the yeah. advice she gives him there, like, right. this, this uh, short trek is very uh, suggestive of future traits of Spock. Very much so. I would agree. Yes. Um, They... Uh, let's see. He asks one of the things that I asked that he asked that I loved, and I loved her response because it also gave us what we're looking for, what we're missing from season two. What are the three most salient facts about Captain Pike? Uh-huh. You know, basically, what do I need to know about Captain Pike? And she let's let's look at we'll look at each one of them because I think oh they're so good and it, it honestly I I believe now Captain Pike. I think he's my favorite captain. I really actually think he is. Like, and Picard, I'm going to be saying the same thing after Picard. I was say, so I fully recognize yeah, this. Okay. It's just because I don't have Picard in my life right now. Um, and and I'm watching Deep Space Nine, and Cisco is, like, right up there, too. So basically your but favorite flavor is the one you've most recently consumed. Whoever I'm watching. <laughs> it, it's possible. But, like, I, man, just Pike is such an amazing captain. Anyway, for those of you who are who are sick of it or haven't heard this, go back and listen to uh, our episodes on season two where we just gush over Pike every single week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first thing she says, one of the first of those three most salient facts, his capacity for hearing an- hearing out another point of view is exceeded only by his ability to change his own once he's heard you out. And I, I Which thought, is demonstrated at the very beginning of season two when he shows up on the bridge. Yeah. 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 Uh, he and through the whole season is just uh, I I have my view of the way that this is gonna go. This is my instinct, my gut as a captain. Now talk me out of it if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and we don't see that with with some of the others, or we don't see that to hit to the extent. Now again, we have one season compared to seven with Picard or or three with Kirk. But I mean, Kirk is pretty quite often just like 
nope, this is what's happening. We're going with right. it. Kirk and just Pike... takes charge. There's not really any time yeah. for conversation. I mean, you might have Bones protesting because that's what Bones Bone, does. Bones but... will slap him in the face right. and say, you're being stupid, Jim. And Spock will take him aside even and say, Captain, mm-hmm. this is what we should do. But that's like a, an does after it... the fact. Yeah, yeah. Picard will take counsel, mm-hmm. but it's still ultimately... He's in charge. He's in charge. And not that Pike isn't either, but I, I just love that characterization. It's a little more you know, democratic. I almost wonder. I mean, it's, it, well, democratic's the wrong word, but it, it's... Because he still takes charge, too. Right. Um, I'm, there's a word I'm looking for, and I can't seem to find it. But, yeah, yeah. they're on a spectrum there. Right. Well, and, and it almost, these three things almost seem to me to be like out of a character Bible that they wrote for, for Pike. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the three things we know about Well, give Pike. everyone the third one because I can't decide if if number one is messing with Spock or not. Oh, good point. That's true. All right. So number two, uh, even though he is the most heavily decorated fighting captain in the history of Starfleet, he views resorting to force as an admission of failure. And I thought that was Picard right there. Yeah. Like, you know, Picard is highly decorated as a fighting captain. I mean, he's, he invented the Picard maneuver and things like that, but uh, he always, always, always tries to not fight it out. Whereas Kirk, yeah, Kirk, Kirk enjoys the <laughs> Kirk, Kirk is pretty fine with fighting it out. Uh, and, and I thought we saw that quite often too. Mm-hmm. Where Pike, Pike will fight too. Especially but, um, in contrast with what's his face, uh, who led section Lorca. 31. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, what's his name? Shoot. Uh, Leland. Is that right? Yes, yeah. Leland, yeah. Or George O, for that matter, shoot. Right, right. <laughs> shoot, uh, aren't you adorable? <laughs> uh, I almost I almost referred to that terrible, terrible line that, the, that was used, the uh, <laughs> yum yum. Uh, and now you said it, so, so thanks. Okay, let's I, Every time I think of, of George O fighting, I now think of that terrible, the, the most terrible line in the history of Star Trek is that one. Uh, third, he is utterly unsentimental except when it comes to horses. And which we do see from the cage. That is his, he wants to basically retire to a farm and, and have his horses. We even see him with a horse in the cage. So the one canon episode of Pike that we have, um, the one of, canon of, of the original anything. series, because we have canon now in discovery. Oh, true. Sorry. I meant, yeah. P- prior to this. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, uh, so I was accidentally giving voice to the people who don't think the discovery is Star Trek and I did not mean to do that. So, uh, so, but horses so, as one of the most salient, pike facts <laughs> like again is she messing with him is she just trying to make pike more human in a way because it's a very personal thing to be saying about you know it's not like this is a show about cowboys and everyone rides no. horses so but he sort of is a cowboy like pike is a little bit of that i mean pike kirk is more of a cowboy um but pike is pike is two rules to pike be is also cowboy, very sentimental though. Say that again. He's two rules to be uh, a true cowboy. True. I mean, he That's true. he overturns them. Kirk is more apply, of the cowboy, but but yeah, the, the 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 greater point being, he was. I don't know. Is it sentimental to love the crew the way he did? I don't know. I would say he's very sentimental. Maybe it's that he's not sentimental about his decision making. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Um, although then you bring up horses, and it's like. You know, you get the guy who just, no, it's like the, the guy, the super tough guy who cries over his dog sort of a thing, you know? Right. Like, right. So maybe she was messing with him. I didn't think about that, honestly. Because it just seems it. overstated. It's like a really yeah. strong statement and then the non sequitur that follows it. And you're like, okay, well, I guess not non sequitur, but the left turn at any rate. So yeah, that was an interesting I, point that she felt it was worth Spock knowing. Yeah. 
I I could be yeah I I would I think you're right she might just be messing because it does seem like the the odd man out or it's like almost like two truths and a lie sort of a yes, thing yes yes exactly and so then he references her very careful study of the captain and then just a look on her uh, face as she like you know changes the the, the subject by like poking I, the thing in the wall and I'm like Wait. I didn't love that they did that a couple of times throughout the series. Uh, just because she was only on for what like three episodes or something like mm-hmm. that in season two of Discovery, but there was a few times where she would they would she would give him a sidelong look or something like that that was that was like oh she's she's interested in Pike is that what's going on and and then when when Spock says you made a most careful study of the captain and she like looks away and is flustered. I don't think she was flustered. I think there's inside history, inside jokes. I mean, she just created a set of inside jokes with Spock that we then get to see at the very end of this episode. So I think she, like, that's her and her having fun, but she, you know, can't let it all out. She can't let it out. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I hope so, so, because I I do not like the number one and the captain being... I would be really disappointed if we have the the, the top two, the male and female actors, that being where it always has to go. Um, Right. Yeah. Uh, I I think she's more fun than that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, I love then that we get the montage of Spock, uh, you know, sitting, uh, sitting cross-legged, you know, stiff back on the asking uh, these super deep philosophical questions, and then like she's like deep existential, that was like heavy, basically... and he's like, "Well, do you like eggplant?" Yes, <laughs> yes, the I love the it. Moon. You're like, wait, it, what? Their rapport was so good. It was one of those like I didn't know that we were missing this in season two of Discovery until seeing this, yeah. you know. It, it, I'm actually happy. I'm happy this didn't come out first because then I would have been like, why are we not seeing more scenes with these two? Right. So. I will say the best thing about this sequence, though, is when Spock hits on the Prime Directive as not ethical, mm-hmm. illogical, and perhaps morally indefensible. I'm like, dude, oh, yeah. you're like saying what? Oh, yeah. It needed to be said. It, it was so good. And basically why, why Spock doesn't raise more objections throughout his career to the innumerable times Kirk breaks the prime directive. Well, not just breaking it, but if the if the actual rule itself is is illogical in many of its applications or interpretations, then it's like as a Vulcan, why haven't we heard him protest right. it? And, or is it just one of those, once you take the oath uh, for Starfleet, you yeah. swallow how stupid some of this stuff is? Which I, I think is a, a little piece of it, but then also, like you said earlier, you know, she basically tells him, shut up about it, don't ever say that again, right. and he doesn't. You know? Which doesn't suggest that she disagrees with him, just you don't no, talk about it. We don't. Yeah, this is something we don't talk about. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like you're an officer on the flagship. We don't. We don't talk about that. Yeah. So then we have the weirdly uncomfortable moment where uh, she's had it. They've had it was sitting there, and she asks him to to boost her up, and he puts his hands around her waist and tries to lift her that way, and she's like, "Dude, no!" And then you know th- that whole. Well, I thought we were gonna hmm. get a really. Like I didn't, I didn't think anything deeper of it, honestly. Other than at it was first, awkward. other than it was awkward. But other than like, oh, we're gonna see, we're gonna see, um, strong Vulcan, and he's gonna just like basically toss her up, and it's gonna, it's gonna be so easy, right? And then she makes it weird, like yeah, she makes it weird, and then she makes it weirder by by sitting on his shoulders, and and he's like clearly uncomfortable. And this by is after this. that whole sequence starts where she puts her fingers together in the way that typically someone will put their foot, yes. you know, in your, your hands there to do that. And it's like, we've had now yes. three different ways this could possibly work. And now it's all awkward. And he's a Vulcan. He could like one handed, just like chuck her up to the top and it'd be fine. But it just, she made it weird, yeah. like real weird. That was weird. And then yeah. they have their, their fall down. 
and we're like okay what was the point of this because no one's really hurt and this was just no weirder it was still honestly it was like they needed to add two minutes to the episode it was the only thing that actually dragged for me i do episode. have a theory about why they put that in there but i want to um hit that in just a moment um because i think it potentially is a callback to next generation so I, I could see that this this whole episode is a bit of a callback to, to the next right. generation. Actually, let's I say, is there something you want to talk about bef- before that? Or let's let's get into well, what I want to do our our better. The segue into that is her. Okay. He smiles and she comments on him smiling and he says, I'll stop doing right. that. And she talks about the strength of a crew is in its diversity. Right. And I would never tell you to not be who you he are. He tries to deny he's on a command track. She says he is, and here's why. But then she tells them, if you're on a command track, you need to keep your freaky to yourself. <laughs> Which The word freaky has never been uttered in Starfleet before. I mean... <laughs> it's the other F word that has never been <laughs> uttered in Starfleet before Discovery did it. <sighs> right. And so her demonstration of her version because you know he's like well that begs the logical as in what is yours and then this is this is where i want to dive in deeper and this is the next generation connection she sings from the pirates of penzance i am the very model of a modern major general yes and we get orchestral background with it and it's like that just happened yeah It, (laughs) it was weird it was weird. Make our will you make our connection, and then there's there's right. a more profound. I think there's a bigger connection too. But yeah, like, go for it. Make, so the in the next generation, season five, episode five is episode called Disaster. Um, yeah. A Ron Moore episode. Always the teleplay was him, but uh, this is the the episode where Molly O'Brien is born. But the the ship itself is damaged through some quantum event. So we have another right. quantum connection. Um, yep. And there are no functioning turbo lifts, so yep, we have and that. And Picard and the three kids are trapped in a turbo lift. Right, together. and Picard in that fall was injured, uh, like yep. broken ankle or something. Which that fall yeah. is my theory of why we had the weird fall with um, Spock. In Just to kind of for some parallelism, some similitude, right? Yeah. And then we actually have uh, Jordy and Doctor Crusher um, in their scenes. She's um, pestering him to audition for the play that she's going to do. Yeah. And he actually sings a line from uh, Modern Ma- or Pirates of Benzance, but it's Modern Major General that he sings. And so, I forgot that you, until you told me about it before, I, I completely forgot that subplot. The, basically, a, that's a D plot, I guess, in that right. episode. And like yeah. all of this is brought in on this one short check episode, yeah. thanks to Shaban layering things in there. Um, and it's also interesting because the song itself, the modern major general song is a satire of the ideal of what a British army officer should be. And it's functionally that army officer's resume is what the lyrics are. And we've just spent this episode getting the resume of these two people. And so it's like a whole other layer. One of whom we're incredibly familiar with, but we see him on his first day on the enterprise. Right. And so they layer in multiple pieces of, of, cause at first I'm like, why on earth would they pick pirates of Penzance? And then I started to do my research. I'm like, Oh, this is like intimately tied into how this episode has been written, which is classic Michael Shabon. He doesn't do, he doesn't throw anything away. And so it's just figuring out what he's doing with, with his choices. We've, uh, sorry, I just did a little bit of research as well. We did. There's some other weird connections here also. So, um, I was conflating two different episodes. I was conflating Pegasus with Disaster, and I, I was thinking that Captain Picard Day 
which we saw a banner for in in the first Picard trailer. I thought that that was a part of disaster. That's why no, he's this with is the, the one kids, he, but it's because he has kids. They won the science fair. Right? Yeah, they're touring. Yes. Yeah. So I, I was I was conflating those two things. Although they do give him, don't they give him a plaque at the very I end so. for? Um, I'm trying to see if I can find it, but yeah, they they give him a they give him a plaque basically saying you know you're super amazing and we love you. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I just can't find what it is. But anyway, so uh, but we do get these these. This is another connection, and weirdly, another connection to Next Generation and Picard as with kids. Mm. Because either way, you know, it's the episode of Pegasus, by the way, which is the other, which is the frame episode for the episode we shall not be mentioned uh, at the end of Star Trek Enterprise, mm-hmm. um, and it takes place during that episode if it existed, uh, yes. and disaster is another time with kids and then we know that picard is like a lot of people speculate picard is actually reuniting with those kids those are the young you know the uh, the adults that he is with mm. on his renegades ship i don't believe that i think that's too much of a literal connection but i think it's picard going back to his roots but um, pegasus though wasn't that the name of what whatever it was that uh spock had asked number one if she had seen some sort of astral event or something and wasn't pegasus part of the name of whatever that was or i might not be remembering oh, that correctly i don't i do not remember that um i don't remember that uh but uh but the Peg- pegasus is the episode isn't it where uh commander rikers is the the cloaking ship that cloaks out of phase with everything else okay isn't that what pegasus is i can't remember now <laughs> I'm going to look here. Uh, oh, yeah. Picard's first first commanding officer comes aboard, played by Terry O'Quinn, comes aboard to aid in the search for the vessel they served on, and he is forced to rethink the actions he took at that time. They, the Pegasus, Pegasus had an illegal cloaking device that got them stuck in an asteroid. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Which, it's illegal because that the the uh, the Romulans won't let them, mm-hmm. <clears throat> their, won't let their them do it based on a yeah. treaty. Which it looks like we're dealing with the Romulans even in in Picard. So right, so we've got like multiple tie-ins here to the original series. We've got multiple next generation connections here. Like they are really grafting such a small yeah. episode about two people stuck in a turbo lift into greater canon. And like we saw, like we saw in the first se- series of short treks. Even if they were just thematic connections, mm-hmm. we saw connections b- between the short tracks and what we were about to see. And now, now, because uh, one of the short tracks I believe is a Picard either prequel or it's set in the Picard timeline. Um, so, do we know anything more about that? Is like, is actual is Patrick Stewart in it? I will go ahead and not. read what I know about it, which is not much. They say for the six short treks, some will include Spock, Pike, and Number One, which we've seen, but apparently there's more than one with them. Uh, two will be animated. Something has to do with tribbles in here. One will be a Picard. Probably the next one. Mm, one will be a Picard teaser. And then one is the one that we just saw, which was Spock at number one uh, in Turbo. Lift. I wonder I wonder if that, like the December 12th has two short treks that are coming out. The Girl Who Made the Stars and Ephraim and Dot. And I wonder if one of those will just be a teaser or if those are two animated ones that we're going to see side by side or, or something like That's that. That's a good but argument for both two. of them being animated. And if they are, that would potentially let them one sequel the other one to or be a part two of. Yeah. One, because one of them is uh, one of the anime, one of the animated series we know nothing about. The other one um, is uh, is set in the Picard timeline. So Right. And the naming of those is kind of different than the rest enough different from the rest yeah. that that's certainly suggestive it might be those yeah um 
this reminded me just the, the Romulan connection reminded me of something we uh, I did not mention for the Discovery trailer. We see an original series Romulan Warbird mm. um, in the Discovery trailer, which makes me wonder about time travel. Uh, it's actually I say original series; it could also be Star Trek Enterprise for that matter. But uh, we do see. There's also the question of was that from whatever events it was that caused Picard to decide to retire? Mm-hmm. Like, th- true? Is it a flashback? Right. Yeah. Yep. There's a lot of possibility there. Yeah. So, um, to finish off this short trek, um, she, uh, number one, has him swear on his honor as a Starfleet officer. He'll say nothing of this. So now they have this sort of, you know, shared inside thing. So whenever we finally see him come out on the bridge, she's already at the helm. Pike is in right. the command chair. Um, she acts like she doesn't know him and she, like, you know, checks her data pad yeah. to verify his name when, when Pike asks about him. And, um, but they do have a couple of shared look moments, especially lots of looks between the two of them. Lots of, them. especially whenever Pike asks him, do Vulcans ever feel, uh, and yeah. I couldn't decide if his look at her was meant to suggest that he is in awe of her or nah. if it was about share like i wasn't it, sure what that meant it was it was about it was about being reserved or keeping your your freak in or whatever right, it was yeah, yeah yeah uh i i also love that pike says at ease ensign and he says not my strong suit sir yes. i understand <laughs> like i just loved it was good gosh pike is just the best i'm sorry like he just comes in and and the it, uh, the moment pike that we i didn't expect to see pike in this one i thought it was just the two of them right and and actually when we first saw him um uh, number one was in focus mm-hmm. and he was out of focus. And I thought, Oh, that's all they're going to let us see is we're just going to see Pike blurred behind them. But he, but then he got like, he got very Pike and is like, look at the space that we're going to see and be in awe of it. And we love it. And Oh, it's the best. You okay there. You're looking like a little, you know, I'm a little flushed, yeah, a little flustered. Bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's just, I'm I'm sad we won't get more Pike, but I'm happy though with whatever we get. So well, we will I think get another short trek potentially with him in it, yeah. but potentially if we Hopefully. don't have any guarantees here. So yeah, it's more than we I just thought. want a Pike series. That's all I want is a Pike series. I don't. I, I feel have a, like, it's a small request. I feel like you would watch like vlogging you know pike yeah. shaving or whatever you know <laughs> i was just gonna say i would just watch a day in the life of pike <laughs> that's that's what i would do yep, yep you... he would just wax poetic about whatever he's doing no waxing yep. please no waxing yeah <laughs> gross yeah well uh to me that brings us to the end of this is there anything else that you had any other observations um that pretty well covers um i watch it um we well we asked the question last year the first season of short tricks are these necessary? Should you watch oh, yeah. them? They're important. And then we asked those questions before we knew their ties to Discovery season two. And we were speculating, would they even have ties? Right. Yeah. Now that we know they do. Yeah. Um. So I feel like this episode, it's not going to tell you anything particularly about Discovery. But if you want right. to see more of Enterprise, more of the characters from season two and their interpretations right. of the original characters... Definitely. If you are all into Picard and you want to make guesses about what this might be suggesting, yeah. It was really well done. I didn't think it was a waste, but um, depending on why you care about Star Trek depends on whether or not you think this is an essential episode. Yep, I would agree. I I think this is just giving us more, like I was saying, more of of what we... 
loved about season two and what we are what we might be missing as we move forward mm-hmm. um you know nothing not saying anything against what season three of discovery will do or what season one of picard will do but you know there are i mean that's that's good writing right yeah. it's these characters that will be missed absolutely that's that's good yep and nothing wasted yeah but the only the only thing i didn't mention is we had a scottish engineer that she's talking to mm-hmm. the engineer was up john and it was she was Scottish, but and I thought, oh well, that's that's interesting and weird, but okay, that's fine. You're right there, Tyler. Scotty's been missed. It's fine. Should have just been, should have been Scotty, but that's fine. He's too young. <laughs> like a little, like a fresh-faced ensign, Scotty. You know, like a voice crack or something like that. Like, oh, I'm sorry, number one. That would have been fun. Give it but time. Whatever. Give it time. It could have been <laughs> anybody in engineering who was on hand because you know, big stuff to be yeah. done. Okay, it's okay. All right, take us home. Well, just a quick preview of the schedule of Short Treks, if you had not uh, already found that. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, Q&A, the one we just reviewed, is already streaming. On October 10th, we have The Trouble with Edward, which makes that me That one think, sounds like the Tribble episode. Right, maybe a Tribble named Edward or an Ensign named... I don't know. Oh. That would be funny I if it was. I hope a Tribble named Edward. Uh, November 14th is Ask Not... And then as Tyler mentioned, on December 12th, there are two episodes. One is The Girl Who Made the Stars. The other one is Ephraim and Dot. And then finally, on January 9th, right before Picard starts, we have Children of Mars. So, interpret... It's only like five days before Picard starts, too, which is, it's not even a full week. No, it's the 9th. I thought Picard started on the 23rd. Or maybe... I thought Picard was... Oh, it's... I'm thinking... I'm thinking the 13th is when Expanse starts. Okay. So it's, it's two weeks before Picard. All right. Yep. So um, that's where we stand for those. We will be continuing to review these on the podcast. So you can look forward to uh, hearing our thoughts on them. Um, you can also reach out to us at Geek Card Check on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And until next time, never start a land war in Asia. I love it. <laughs> And thanks for all the fish. And live long and prosper and... Doors and corners. Doors and corners. Doors and corners.